0: Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: All right, thanks for being on iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Annette Klosowski. She is the co-founder of Future Point of View. She's a podcast host, uh, executive coach. She's also the chair for the 2020 Women on Boards and chair for Women's President's Organization in Oklahoma. She's been featured on Entrepreneur Magazine for Building a Top Franchise and recognized on the journal 50 Women Making a Difference. Pretty phenomenal to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Annette.
2: Thank you for having me. always like to see a fellow podcast hoster.
1: (laughs) There's there's a lot of them nowadays, uh, and so this this has been a lot of fun. But we have a lot of things to talk about because you've done some pretty phenomenal things in your career. Uh, Where are you originally from? Are you from Oklahoma?
2: Yes, born and raised in Oklahoma. Awesome. Sooner born and sooner bred, as we say here. (laughs) (laughs) University of Oklahoma.
1: (laughs) Um, so you went to, you went to college there where your where your parents, entrepreneurs or business people or
2: they were, they owned a chain of weekly newspapers. So, um, yeah, so those were kind of my influences growing up, um, as entrepreneurs and then opened up an office supply store, um, in small, you know, small rural communities across Oklahoma and Kansas, Southwest Kansas.
1: You opened the office supply store?
2: No, my parents did.
1: Parents did. Okay. Yeah. So, I was forced okay. to
2: work there in the summer.
1: <laughs> Did you do the whole thing where you like handed out newspapers and like magazines and you threw them at doorsteps?
2: Well, we had to stuff inserts. So they would sell the advertising and my brother and I would have to be down there and have to stuff the, you know, we were the stuffers. So stuff. if Alco or TGNY put an ad in the paper, we were stuffing it and rolling them and then taking them to the the um, uh, post office to mail.
1: Love it. That's awesome. They, were they were they kind of encouraging you to go into like a business route? I mean did you go to college for business
2: i uh, I went for public relations journalism, so that was kind of the track I thought I would follow. My brother did go back and work with um with them. And he kind of ran all the newspapers in Southwest Kansas. And then I really fell in love with the city life. So back where I was from, I was from a really small town. And I ended up working in corporate America in public relations.
1: For the first part of your career, was that like, mm-hmm. you know, just several years or? Um, It was
2: a few years and then I went out on my own. I started my own company. So I did business development. Then I went to work for a community here in Oklahoma and did um, business development for our state. And we were recruiting high tech jobs. So I just worked with companies to get them relocated here, um, helping them. I was kind of like an outsourced um, executive, you know, it might be marketing, it might be PR, but just to help them get going, get networked, get funding. We started, um, the. it was with the Economic Development Authority. We started one of the first angel investor groups in our state. And um, we did a lot of really interesting things, um, you know, kind of early on before tech really hit our state, kind of hit the mid middle part of the U.S.
1: That's amazing. So that was, so so you're rubbing shoulders with like all these angel investors and all these entrepreneurs and they just kind of like just, you know, you fed off of it. I love it because it's very, it's, it's kind of common knowledge right now. And in like in, in the entrepreneur world of, and in where it's, you know, you are the sum of your five closest friends or five closest individuals. So, you know, being that you're in public relations, you ended up just kind of, you know, migrating towards all these super successful, amazing individuals. And then, you know, they gave you key knowledge to help you kind of start in this whole new thing. What was that kind of like the inspiration point where you're like, all right, this is like definitely what we're, we're going to do, you know, creating the angel investor group.
2: Um we I was working with back then they you know we were trying to create companies to move to our state that created knowledge based jobs that was kind of the big words back then and um those companies were technology and had aspects of technology and they couldn't find investment dollars so it you know we're very structured and we've come a long way you know within the last 25 years but then there wasn't a place and they weren't bankable loans. And so, you know, when you're starting out, you don't have Mm -hmm. assets and collateral. And so teaching, and you could go to colleges and universities and they would roll out um, technology or innovation, but it was, that was really kind of Mm science-based, not business technology-based. So, we were kind of a bridge there in between, and then you started seeing more and more entities um, kind of pop up and you know really uh, really kind of catch up, I guess, with you know things that were going on maybe on the coast. but um, yeah, that, that's really what We were trying to g- help companies get off the ground and get started and they just couldn't find the funding.
1: Yeah, you saw a gap there. and then you kind of just made the connections between those individuals that needed the funding. And you know the people that were looking to invest in businesses. That's, I mean, that's amazing. So you had you were kind of that person, that middleman of an angel investor that made a dream come true, multiple dreams. Yeah,
2: it was interesting because the the angel investors themselves, because you know they're not professional investors, right? It, It took us a long time for anybody to get comfortable with. Oh gosh, I'm gonna let go of my money and this is gonna work. And so there weren't models out there uh, for angel investing. You know, there's weren't at that time. And so you you we had, you know, we went through a lot of really good deals um that just we couldn't get them funded because, you know, in the end they just didn't have the they didn't have the risk in them to put their money up. So it, it was really very interesting. I don't think I really understood the value of what I was learning during that time.
1: You're and, learning super valuable stuff. Yeah, like, is, you
2: look back and you're like, okay, that was really cool. That was really, yeah.
1: that cool. is like where you want to be. I mean, Oh, I, you know, I, my very first business partner was basically a VC, you know? So, you know, he, and he was from the middle East as well. And he had all this, you know, I had a money in all these different places and doing all these different things. And I was just like, I don't know how you got to that point, you know, cause it's just, it's an amazing position to be in and there was a lot of freedom associated with it. You know, he wasn't, he had a ton of people working, you know, at his companies and he could just like take off time and still make millions and millions of dollars and I'm never had to work really. And I'm just like, like, how do you, how do you, how do you, you, yeah. How do you do that? Right. Exactly. So, so you were learning at the very, very early stages, you know, how these individuals, you know, can do that. And I think that's really kind of one of the goals for entrepreneurship is, you know, creating something that's sustainable, And that makes an impact and helps people, but also like gives you the, you know, gives you the dream. And it kind of reminds me since you, you know, you did build a top franchise, you know, you have you, you've read the E-Myth by Michael Gerber.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So did did you read that early on?
2: Well, back, one of the other things I did was I did the first statewide technology conference and they weren't really technology conference going on. back then it was uh, crossing the chasm mm-hmm. was kind of the book and that everybody was you know talking about how technology companies were different. I was fortunate to work for somebody who was visionary and he's the one that really, you know had the idea of putting this angel investor group together and you know we did this technology conference and So, um,
1: real quick though, crossing the chasm, who's the author on that one?
2: Jeffrey Moore. Jeffrey Moore. And so, um, so E-Myth was a little bit later, but yes, all of those books I would read because they're you know, we, we were trying to create knowledge-based jobs, which were the technology jobs back then. And they look different. They just look different than manufacturing, you know, financial industry, so that was how I was trying to educate myself on how to speak that language.
1: Yeah, I mean, at a super early, early kind of stage, right? And that kind of that kind of set you off to do better things and do greater things moving forward. Did, how long were you with that investor group?
2: Um, I was with the Economic Development Authority for several years, and then I went out on my own and started contracting with companies. So I would do marketing. Research. I do a little bit of everything. Help them get off the ground. Um, help them get a marketing presence. It might be, you know, a trade show um, calendar or um, strategy. And then, you know, I slowly, as I was working with these um, companies, and most of them had a technology slant to them. What I what I was noticing was it always came back. Issues always came back to the founder. Uh And I was young and I didn't really have any, you know, merit or credibility to deal with that. And so that's when I started digging into executive coaching and getting certified and working with teams and strategic planning, because those were a lot of the skills that I could bring into working with that. So that's kind of how I, I kind of switched into what I'm doing currently and working with executives. So I started coaching and doing things at a very young age because that's just what was needed with who I was working with
1: yeah uh, it sounds like a really natural um, kind of migration from one you know piece to another because you know public relations right journalism writing and then you know you go from there to you know working with this group of really phenomenal individuals that you know feed and feed your dreams essentially like build your mindset build the you know the strength and character that you need to you know get to the point where you can create whatever uh, you know that you're that you're intending to do and then you're rubbing then you're taking that kind of mindset and their funding and you're coaching or you're you're helping this other startup and this other founder kind of grow this company you know and then and then from there you're going into a marketing so then you're helping these companies that you're literally you funded you help fund these companies and then you help marketing and grow them as well which is another piece you know so you're almost like this guide from like the beginning of a seed of a dream, you know, to watering it, you know, down the road and, you know, giving it all this little, little pieces it needs to to grow and to nurture. And then over the, over the course of the entire company, you're just kind of coaching it. Are you still coaching and working with these initial founders and people that you worked with way back in the day?
2: Oh, I'm still coaching and working with companies, but, and I'm still connected with a lot of the people that I worked with back in the day, but the teacher became the student. So I worked, you know, on one side of the table.
1: By the way, back and, in the day was like last Wednesday. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah back it. in the day was last, but I <laughs> never like built anything myself. You know, I'd never really been in those shoes. And so then I went to the other side of the table started my own consulting practice and then built the franchise and then disenfranchised and then built a consulting company, acquired a company kind of through um, where, when we had the recession. So, you know, Mm -hmm. bought it, uh, it was company out of California. So we, my part business partner in that company where we said we learned to fly the plane upside down because right when we bought it, then it just crashed, the economy crashed and learned a lot through that. So it was like this, the teacher became the student. Mm -hmm. And so I was a student for a long time. And then I went back to um, really being the teacher to where I go back. Then I started these peer advisory groups because I learned who you get information from and feedback from is really important. So like who you have around you is really important. And so I started doing these circles and um, round tables. And I've been doing that since the 90s. And that is when... I found the value of um, sitting with people in the swamp. So I'm actually writing a book and it's about uh, being in the swamp and how important it is that you put people around that have been in the swamp or in the swamp with you. And that's who you're listening to. And so, because they're, they're learning what's working now. So, you know, we're in this COVID time and, and no better time to, to listen to people that, you know, aren't, you know, aren't necessarily scientists, aren't just in government, but are building the businesses and trying to take them through the swamp that we're in. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of interesting journey that I've taken because I kind of go back and forth. I love both sides of the table, mm-hmm. but, um, but currently I'm, you know, I, I, am I'm, I'm in my own company, but I really feed into other, um, executives and leaders.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And you kind of, you kept those connections throughout the entire way and it helps you you know, continue to stay on track or make adjustments here and there that are important because you see it with other, you know, fellow executives or people that are running different companies. So with, so with, um, future point of view, this is primarily a coaching based company that you're doing and you're working with founders, right? Correct.
2: Well, we are, we're really a business strategy that has a strong emphasis in technology. So we do strategy roadmaps. Um, We look at technology to use as a weapon. We're very visionary of where things are going. So, um, uh, you know, my business partner, my uh, co-founders, my husband, he speaks on technology. He's really, we have a, a term we use called humology, So it's how much human to how much technology. He's technology, I'm human. So I do the leadership, the culture, do the strategy for businesses. And he's really on what's coming down the conveyor belt, what technologies are going to impact, what industries, how do you harness what that is. And um, so this year has been very interesting for us just because we're usually ones that are pushing people to be pioneers or a little bit more bleeding edge of a technology than they may normally want to be versus then they're just thrown in the throes of having to rely on technology. So it's been fascinating just this year, just to kind of see people pivot.
1: Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, you were, you were working with these tech companies for many, many years and now it's like, you have to be almost like a tech company to survive in. Yeah. 2020. So you're helping these, you know, different different companies, different people um, create the strategies, so that way they can continue to grow through it. How, what are the challenges that you know that you've seen recently in that transition?
2: Well, I speak on the next generation workforce, and and I it's it's a mindset. It's not necessarily a generation. You know, I think we've we've always been framed by generations coming into the workforce. Well, the majority of the generations are tech savvy, so you just don't see these wide gaps of differences in the generations. But the mindsets are different, and so people now understanding why that neck gen workforce, people have to reskill, retool, you have to learn collaboration. So the, what's been interesting is, and I work at the top of the house, so I work with the C-suite, we've had all these tools, we've had all the ability to work from home to collaborate. And leaders that are, you know, older, gray haired. They just don't want to, you know, they're not savvy. That's not how they were brought up. That's not how they learned their craft or their trade. So it's hard for them to embrace a lot of that. So now that they're in the throes and have to do that, and they're coming out going, wow, uh, there's a lot of benefit. There's a lot of good that's come out of this. And oh, by the way, we're seeing that we can save millions of dollars because we don't have to have brick and mortar. People are happier. Our employees are more engaged. They're able to work from home. We've created, you know, our processes are in the cloud now. That's none of that's new, right? We've had mm-hmm. that for years and People years. For years, yeah. Yeah, but wh- why didn't they make the leap? Because somebody at the top wasn't comfortable with either signing the check or making the decision, and so the force changed has led them into that next gen workforce. And then they're like, "Well, how do we lead, you know, with remote teams? How do we keep accountability?" What, you know, do we really have to have certain aspects of the business that we did? Can we switch? So the conversations are really intriguing now because they're starting to really be innovative and aggressive out of pure, you know, will to survive Then you know, and that's how most people come to consulting or getting help. Is like, I mean, I very rarely have people call me and go, "Hey, I just want to start the right way. I want to build my (laughs) culture, and I want to be the best leader the right way." It's usually something's not going right, so I need to get help. And so, yeah, uh, so it's just it's been interesting to see you know to see that all even to people going to virtual events, um, kicking and screaming. But you know, they're it's either not do something or do something virtual and figure out how to, um, augment what you're offering. And then now the conversations we're seeing are, okay, what will stay the same and what's going to be different? What we're not going to go back to the way life was, we just aren't in business. So companies now are trying to build that strategy of, of what works and what are we going to keep? And then, you know, what are we going to do, do different, um, in 2021? So it's been, it's been fascinating.
1: Yeah. Very fascinating. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like redeveloping a culture of a company in yeah. less than a year and just utilizing everything, all the resources you have to get that done. Is there a specific kind of like, what are the, what are the, what, what are the, some of the main strategies that, you know, um, that you guys use at future point of view to help a company or help a group of individuals kind of convert to a virtual sense and still keep that, motivation factor that team building factor factor like all those different things um what are the what are some of the main, main things that you've done to help kind of facilitate that process
2: we do roadmaps so we do strategy roadmaps that they can be purely technology they can be business strategy so we go in and help them kind of build that roadmap which is what are you trying to accomplish where do you where are you trying to go um, okay so if you're trying to get, you know, you're at Y, you're trying to get to X, then let's map your, your business processes. So then let's go to this process stage of what feeds into that. What's automated, what's not? How are you sharing information? Um, you know, how, and then there's a whole digital marketing where what constituents are you reaching? There's that layer of just how are you communicating, getting your message out to your consumer, customer, customer. Then this whole next gen. If you think that your company is going to change in this digital transformation and the way you deliver your service, for example, if you're in insurance and you don't have an app, this you know there's a lot of, of people that aren't going to probably do business with you. They want to do handle things on their phone, right? So my daughter had a wreck not too long ago. We took a picture. It, I mean, we handled it all on the phone within 15 minutes. So. If you think that you know technology is going to change your business in that way, but it's not going to change the way you lead and manage your employees, like there's just a, another chasm, right? So then there's a layer. I come in when we start talking about, okay, here's your roadmap. Well, now it's the people. So life's fun and then there's people, right? So when change starts happening in an organization, that's when dynamics come to play, politics, And you've got to get everybody rowing in the right direction Mm -hmm. in the same boat so that you can really be able to, you know, leverage and have any kind of velocity to, you know, to market or to get your um, revenues going. So that's what we do. We have a revenue engine that we look at that, you know, bolts everything together and helps them be the most efficient they can using technologies using people. And then it's that humology, you know, how much human to technology do you really need in an industry? And so we what teach the
1: ratios there, like from technology and humology, like the ratios of how much you need of both is it mostly humology.
2: It just depends. I mean, it really depends. So, you know, we talk about toll roads, you know, early on in toll roads, you drove through and gave your money to a person, right. And then you went and you might throw change in, now it's completely have a toll tag, and states are connected. So you've gone from being completely human to now it's completely technology. So it, it depends on what your service is, what your company, what your culture. And that's what um, you guys do.
1: So people reach yeah. out to you, and they go, "Okay, here's my company. Here's what we do. You know, and this is kind of the challenges that we're facing. And then you kind of give you guide that person along. Um, we do. To, to kind of make things a little bit easier and transition. So not, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys have grown and gotten even more business and even yes. more connections during 2020 yes. than you we did have. in
2: 2019. <laughs> yes. We've added. Coaching, actually here
1: is gone up. Like one of the few <sighs> industries like hotels, you obviously have gone down, you know, like um, travel, like any kind of leisure has gone down. But I mean, I interviewed one of the top like set five or seven people in, uh, in recruiting, um, literally billions of people, billions of resumes. And he like, he's like at the top, right? So he sees all of this and he's like, he's like one of the interesting things is that coaching has been hiring as it has been exploding, like for some reason. And I'm like, I'm like, that's actually a really good observation, you know, because right now people are in a bit of a shock, you know? And so when you're in that shock state and you don't really know what the direction to go, you know, you reach out and, you, and a lot of people are reaching out to coaches and mentors and people that are, you know, they have done this for so many years and they help to, the, you know, they help them guide along this whole transition, uh, especially when they feel uncomfortable. So yeah, so it's really amazing that you're kind of in that position.
2: My executive peer advisor groups have just um, grown immensely. People are, um, but again, it's about I want to be with people that are in the swamp because we're in the mm-hmm. swamp. And so You know, this year uh, we normally meet. Each group meets monthly. Well, there was a long period of time we met weekly. Those groups did because things were changing. You know, they didn't. There were so many uncertainties, and there and the number of companies that weren't equipped to have fully remote workforces was alarming. There was a lot of people that struggled. Then they get them remotely. Then it's like, how do I lead my team? You know I'm the leader, I'm the key leader. How do I lead my leaders to lead the masses? And mm-hmm. so then they get through that, and then it's like, okay, now we're gonna bring people back. Well, how are we gonna do that? And how am I gonna to manage to do that safely? And so and you know, and then there's this hybrid, and so it it was it was really interesting to watch, but what was so great was people were hearing what was working now and that's what's so beneficial about who you have around you in those executive groups because you talk about what's working now it's not like you're going to learn theory or you know you're going to get a master's um and then you it's that's hard to apply that to a specific situation but if I say hey does anybody have a how to bring your re- workforce back you know and people go here's five five companies policies you know That's what's working now. And oh, by the way, here's what we've had to change because it didn't work well. (laughs) Um, So, you know, or, or we've had, you know, we, I had a manufacturing company who struggled. They were essential. They didn't shut down, but they did furlough. They couldn't get people to come back because they were making more money on unemployment than they would if they brought them back. So then what, well, guess what? There's three other people that have just have just gone through that ahead of you. Let's get you to talk with the, the people. They're in this, that swamp. Um, so it, it was just rewarding, um, you know, then we came up and what I was seeing across the board was fatigue. Just these leaders, they're making sure their key people are okay. They're motivated, but there's we'll nobody asking the like key. Like
1: July or August around there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's nobody's asking that top leader, Hey, how are you doing? And what are you doing, you know, to take care of yourself? And um, and then I think people really thought by now would be back to normal. And, you know, when they kind of realized that wasn't going to happen, there was a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a depressed um, state of, oh God, are we going to be doing this through 2021? What are we yeah, going to do? It's very, so,
1: super rough. And yeah. When, yeah. You're, when you're connected at these, like this kind of top level, you know, you talk about throwing people in the swamp. Um, so if I was, let's say I was going to work with you, would it be like, you know, you would assess my company and then possibly connect me with someone of similar that would have similar difficulties or similar challenges. And then that you would help build that connection as well.
2: Uh, yes. I can do that one-on-one if there's something specific to it, like um, it depends on what you're going to, but we, I have existing groups. So I put people in those existing like uh, peer advisory groups, like mastermind groups. So you would become a member of that group that you meet with. I've had people where there's a specific thing, like they are trying to go public or they're trying to, um, build to sell and they're in negotiations. And, you know, then I'm like, okay, well, let's find somebody who's in that swamp, you know, that has been through that for you, because that's who you want to listen to. And so I never claim to be all things to all people. And I say a lot, Hey, I'm not the one to help you, but I, I'll find that. I know that person. So Those are such so
1: important. That's incredibly important to be that kind of that bridge between one, one place to another, one plane to another, because you know, if, if people can be stuck in these places and if you're stuck for too long, it's like a ticking time bomb, right? And then things yep. will start to yep. unravel and it's really, really bad. So being able to, you know, give that person key knowledge and wisdom, um, and guidance in one of the most challenging business years in the past, I don't know, what, 10 decade, um, yeah. is incredibly valuable. Uh, and, you know, I think if anyone, you know, is, is needs that guidance and needs that help, you know, some, you know, I would think it would be pretty phenomenal, um, to, that you, that you would help, you know, with the strategy maps and, uh, roadmaps to help them and guide them along to, you know, kind of just go into that 2021 and, you know, what we wanted or what we were hoping 2020 was going to be like our 2019, but better yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> and then exactly. we got this
1: whole new, we got this whole new change and whole new world. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of transition that into 2021. Um, and it sounds like for me, you know, and the feedback that I'm getting from a lot of business people that things are are going really well, you know, companies are still growing. They're still, um, you know, they're changing of course. Um, but Mm -hmm. they're, they're still surviving, you know, and and there's, and the industry's changing and all that stuff. But I mean, that's just, we're just evolving from one space to another at a very, very rapid pace. So being able to kind of facilitate that, uh, is, is really valuable. So you do, you do some really amazing work.
2: Well, it's, it, you know, it's, It's no, it's not a different situation that the companies that are going to prosper and survive are the ones that pivot to whatever's coming down, you know, the pipe, like Kodak. Kodak did not pivot, you know, Um, the, um, uh, what's the um, video um, blockbuster, you know, they didn't pivot, right? So it's no different. It's just a lot faster now. So if you're, you know, if you're struggling, and you're in an industry that's getting hit really hard, you know, you, you've got to pivot. It's a skill in business that you need to have. And I always tell people, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, look, don't fall in love with your baby. Like, let people tell you if your baby's ugly, because that's how... That's how you get better. That's how that baby starts looking better. But if you you don't let go of that.
1: Put some makeup on. Yeah. yeah,
2: It's like people say, what are you doing? I go, well, I kind of get paid to tell people their babies are ugly sometimes because they get so defensive. And it's like, hey, you know, you're in a swamp. Do you want somebody telling you what you want to hear? Or do you want to have somebody say, hey, you're not going to get out of that swamp unless you really listen to some key things, and the reason I know is because I didn't get out of the swamp. <laughs> you know, I was in the swamp, I didn't get out, and and so, you know, it's we're in no different time than we've ever been. It just hasn't been this fast, and yeah. um, you know, and, and I think the workforce is going to change even faster now because. Now that it's, you know, there's so many opportunities to work from home and to have flexibility and collaboration, you're going to see that that's where people are going to go. It's just yeah, going to yeah. be even faster moving towards that.
1: I love it. And people got to, you know, make those changes and quicker the better. So uh, Annette, how do, how do people get a hold of you and possibly work with a future point of view to, you know, ensure that they are making those changes that are necessary in that, in that good timeframe?
2: They can go to our website, which is fpov.com, futurepointofview.com. Um, they can find me um, on Instagram at Leader Spotlight. That's where we kind of spotlight leaders' stories, and that's the podcast that we do. Um, and then they, um, from the fpov.com website, they can um, click on our team and find me and email me directly.
1: Yeah, um, so I would definitely recommend guys to reach out to Annette and the team. Uh, you and you sounds like you have a pretty good uh, resource of angel investors as well. Um, we
2: we're connected. Yeah, we ha- we have connections. Um, you know, I'm not playing in that game like I was, but we definitely have connections um, through not only our state but out in like startup labs and different locations and networks. Just from you know, uh, I had a startup a couple of years ago in technology and um, kind of played that game and learned even more, you know, of, of what's relevant. So yes, um, we can connect them. We can help them with roadmaps. Um, You know, we're doing virtual events. We're doing production, helping people move um, their events to a virtual um, format. Mm -hmm. Um, Some companies aren't even from, you know, it's hard for them to do that. So we did a 250 person event last week and we have several others that are, you know, positioned. So our goal is just to help people, really continue um, so that they can have that recurring revenue that they need and that their businesses are growing, that they're innovative and they're, you know, kind of harnessing technology that helps them win.
1: And you're kind of an expert in, in franchises as well.
2: Yes. Yes. I could <laughs> tell you all the the things that were great and not so great about the franchise.
0: world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Well, you know, there's a ton of value that provide, and I really appreciate you know you being on the show. That you know anyone that uh, is looking for any of that, and I think every entrepreneur can gain um, from you know the knowledge and that the 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 wisdom that you've been able to attain over the years. So um, I really appreciate you sharing your journey uh, and everything you got, everything you guys do. Uh, so hopefully we'll we'll be able to connect a little bit later on this year uh, and. Um I wish you all the best that. and, and uh, keep on coaching.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.